morning to you all. It's uh, it's so good to uh, to be with you this morning, uh, even if it isn't in person. And I'm recording this on a Monday afternoon. Would you believe? Strange times indeed. Uh, I know a few of you at Resound, but perhaps just a brief introduction might be my help might be helpful. Uh, my name is Andy Street, and I live with my wife Marion in LA. Uh, that's the one just outside Bristol, Long Ashton. Um, we're originally from London, but we've been in Bristol for just over 40 years now. Uh, I trained as a civil engineer uh, and started an environmental consultancy 25 years ago, but now work part-time. Uh, and for the last 14 or 15 years, I've gradually backed away from work and got more and more involved in, in local charity, social enterprise and, and social investment. And now uh, just work one day a week. And the rest of the time, I'm focusing on the city of Bristol, seeking to support the church to engage more strategically in city life. We've been part of Woody's Woodlands Church and, and have been for over 35 years now. Uh, we have two grown-up children and five lovely grandchildren. The most recent, Ezra Joel, great names, born just two weeks ago. Over the last 40 years, I've grown to love this city and much, much more importantly, God loves it too. When I talk about the city, I'm talking about the wider geography that makes up Greater Bristol and not just the area covered by Bristol City Council. That therefore includes you guys at Resound. I know you have a heart for the city and this is an amazing city, I'm sure you'd agree, in lots of ways hugely successful, but that's set alongside significant social need and areas of high deprivation, some of the highest in the UK. And in recent years, I've sensed an increasing call from God for the church to be more strategic in the way that we work together to address some of the key needs out there across the city. And in so doing, to share God's heart of love. It's a biblical imperative. This isn't an optional extra. Old Testament and new, the call to reach out to the marginalised and needy in society is there right at the centre, simply to love them. At the start of his ministry, we read in Luke 4 that Jesus himself put a very clear marker down by standing up in the temple and reading from the scroll of Isaiah. This is what he read. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He set me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. It was of central importance for Jesus, and it has to be central to all that we do too. I looked at your own website, and I was encouraged to see that it's important to you as a church too. Under the part headed who we are, it says this. Our vision is to be a community that loves and empowers individuals, loves and impacts the city, and loves and actively cares for the world. Absolutely brilliant. But what does that look like in a COVID-19 world? I've been asked in particular this morning to focus on how we can love and impact the city. You know, life has been very, very different over the last 15 months or so. It's been really tough out there. Thousands of lives have been lost. And even though the numbers now are way down from what they were two or three months ago, each life lost to COVID is a human tragedy impacting on the lives of so many others. Alongside this, the economy has been ripped apart with huge and growing social need, and we may not have seen the worst of it yet. Life as normal, whatever that means, seems a distant memory. 
We've developed this new vocabulary, lockdown, social distancing, self-isolating, herd immunity, flattening the curve, second wave, third wave, new normal. Back in early March 2020, we'd never used terms like these before, but now they're in everyday use. Who of us knew what the R number meant 18 months ago? And church life has also been very different. We still can't easily meet together in person, certainly not as we used to. Many of the usual midweek activities can't happen quite as, quite as they used to either. And mission and serving look very different these days. These are changing times. So what's our response as church when the opportunities to love and impact the city on the face of it look very different indeed? There's the real risk that we can become overwhelmed by all that we see. We can be fearful, worried about the now and the future, whatever that future might be. So where do we start in seeking to love and to serve at a time such as this? How can we see a city transformed in such challenging times? I think a good start is to sense what's on God's heart. Scripture clearly tells us that God's heart is for the vulnerable, the weak, the downtrodden, those that are elderly and at risk, those that are lonely, those struggling uh, with mental health issues, those facing financial ruin, those in relationships under huge pressure, those going hungry through lack of finance. God loves them and his heart breaks for them. We sing that song, I See the King of Glory. I'm sure you know it. I won't try now, but it has that line, break my heart for what breaks yours. And that's a pretty good place to start when we're wanting to know how to serve. Lord, what breaks your heart at this time? And would you allow my heart to be broken by that too? In Bristol, over recent years as a church community, we sought to reach out to the city across all of the various sectors and contribute to key areas of social need. This is an unparalleled season of opportunity and favour. In part, that's down to having a, a Christian mayor in, in Bristol. But it's not just about Marvin Rees, and he wouldn't see it that way either. But we do have accessibility and connectivity with the city, including the council and other key stakeholders that we've never seen in living memory, if ever. But this will not last forever. Things may be very different in five years time. We just don't know. In truth, what we do in the next three to five years will shape the future for the city and for the church and the extent to which any long term vision we may have for city transformation turns out to be achievable or not. I remember that when Marvin became mayor of Bristol for the first time over five years ago now, he gathered a number of church leaders together and invited the Holy Spirit into the city, committing himself to serving the city to build Bristol as a city of hope. As church, we listened and noted what his key priorities were. And we've invested time and resources in seeking to serve alongside the city over that period. The focus has been on feeding the hungry, caring for vulnerable children, supporting the homeless, helping those in debt, addressing issues of loneliness and isolation. But doing this or seeking to do this at a citywide strategic level. I guess in, in many ways we've been seeking to put into practice that well-known phrase in Jeremiah 29. Seek the welfare. In the NIV, it says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city. It goes on to say, because if it prospers, you too, church, will prosper. 
key things over that time have been prayer and intercession, building relationships across the city, working in collaboration and partnership, being salt and light and building a sense of hope. And that collaboration and partnership bit is so key. We're talking about unity here. Psalm 133 makes a clear connection between unity and blessing. It says how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. And later in the psalm, it says, because that's where God commands a blessing. Unity alongside prayer is key to blessing and transformation, central to it. And as we work together as a church community from all denominations and styles of worship, we can together build Bristol as a city of hope. But as I've said, things have changed dramatically over the last 15 months. In the early weeks of lockdown, we asked Marvin what he saw as the critical needs for the city in the context of COVID-19. And we focused on responding to those needs. And church has come together and delivered incredibly well over the last 15 months, building on the good connectivity that already existed, but taking it to another level and making a significant contribution. Around food provision, the support has been extraordinary. Fostering, and early in, in lockdown, when we discovered that 85 uh, foster carers who were 65 years plus had to self-isolate, there was a call to the church and the church responded in an extraordinary way. Around child welfare, mental health and well-being, and digital exclusion, simply in all these responses, seeking to love the city. But what does the next three to five years look like? There's so much more that we can still do by working together to release the huge resources that God has given us as church in the city. The book of Nehemiah has been a regular reference point for the city over the last few years. And the way the walls of Jerusalem were rebuilt in just 52 days. How did they do it? There were lots of factors, but crucially, they were obedient. They had a plan. They divided the overall task between them, released and empowered the people to use their skills and resources, were joined up and strategic and were determined to see it through. You might say, simple as. But it would have been easy for some groups to say, well, this isn't for us or to go off and do it their way because, well, just because. And if that had happened, there would have been gaps in the walls. They wouldn't have delivered on the plan. The task would have been unfinished. So when we come to building Bristol as a city of hope, we also need a plan. We need to divide the task between us as churches in the city. We need to release and empower our congregations to use their skills and resources and to be joined up and strategic. Of course, we could always choose not to engage or to prefer to do it our way, just because that's the way we do it. But what might a plan to love and impact the city of Bristol look like in practice? And I wonder whether there might be three broad areas of support that church can provide. Building on what is already in place, but doing it in a more strategic and joined up way. This isn't about reinventing the wheel or starting from scratch. Let me give you a few thoughts on what it might look like. Firstly, meeting the needs of the poor, and that would be around ongoing support for those that are suffering from food poverty. Those that are struggling with debt, 
And that reaching out to the poor uh, is very much a biblical imperative. And church is already pretty good at it. Sadly, though, I wonder whether often that's where we start. We don't go beyond that stage. We meet people in their desperate need, but we don't necessarily then share the journey with them through to a place of home and employment. Because secondly, I believe that we can significantly contribute to the housing and employment needs in the city, reimagining perhaps church land and property. There are many sites across the, the city where church land and property isn't being fully utilised. Sadly, they're in areas where um, there's a higher level of deprivation and church is really struggling, but they are assets that could be reimagined, redeveloped to create housing solutions. Let's think outside the box, as it were. We may ask, can we really do this as church? Yes, we can if we're willing to revisit how we release resources in a more imaginative, and I would suggest, a more biblical way. And the third area where we can provide support is around uh, giving love and support to families and the vulnerable, supporting child welfare. We've been looking to introduce a, an initiative uh, around a charity called Transforming Lives for Good, we have extraordinary favour at the moment with Bristol City Council, where they have come to us and said, here are the 20 schools in the city, primary schools, where we would love church in the local context to partner with the school and to provide support to some of the most vulnerable children in that school. There is no other city or town in the country where that's happening. It's extraordinary. Home for Good, uh, again, I mentioned earlier the response that we've seen around fostering. And wouldn't it be great to see more of that? Supporting mental health and well-being. There's a charity called Kintsugi Hope, which again is uh, becoming uh, a national charity. And indeed, we're seeing a number of groups uh, being set up across Bristol. It'd be great to see that as an amazing response to those that are already struggling. Supporting refugees and asylum seekers. So what happens when we do this? And church is seen by the city as actively contributing to recovery and renewal in a coherent and strategic way. You know, if we do that, church becomes better connected at the core and across the communities, and we become increasingly relevant. We see people attracted to Jesus and responding to the good news and the kingdom breaking out across the city. If the city prospers, you too will prosper. Over the last year or two, uh, God has given me a recurring picture of a jigsaw on many occasions. At the beginning, the pieces just didn't seem to join together. It was almost as if they weren't part of the whole picture, just single pieces without a sense of overall identity. Over time, each piece seemed to be gradually reshaped so that they started to fit together to create a clear picture. No one piece was more important than the other. Every piece was needed to complete the picture. And I wonder if this is a picture of what God's doing in Bristol. Each piece of the jigsaw, as it were, representing a community. Initially, the pieces seem to be disjointed, misshapen, isolated, with no sense of identity or of being part of a bigger picture. But God is at work in each of those communities, shaping, refining, so that they start to fit together to create a more complete picture of Bristol. One where each piece, each community is vitally important to the overall picture. And no single community is more important than the others. Where 
each community had a sense of identity in its own right, but also a sense of identity in being part of the overall city, the bigger picture. And I'm excited as I look across this city of ours to see God working in each and every community to one degree or another. Of course, it's work in progress. We're not there yet, but the core to the church is to engage with and be part of that process. Whether we're a smaller church in Stockwood, Noel West, Lawrence Western, Kingswood or Mangotsfield, or a larger resourcing church in Clifton, Cottonmore, Redland, all have a part to play. And they're just as important in the process of transformation. You know, we have a moment in time where God is urging us as church across the city to journey with him, to join with him in the work of loving and impacting the city of ours and building Bristol as a city of hope. I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that process. Let's go for it. Let's not miss out on God's plan of transformation. Let's pray, be strategic, play our small part in contributing to the overall process, not be put off by the opposition when it comes. Let's reach out to those in need in every community and seek to do it for his glory and not our own. As we finish, let me leave you with one last verse, if I may. And I'd love to pray it over you, if that's okay. In this challenging time, hope is so important. And Romans 15 verse 13 says this. Let me read it. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me let me pray over that, that, that over you once again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's not just be hopeful, but full of hope to overflowing. Wouldn't that be great? Bless you all. Many thanks for allowing me to zoom into your service this morning, even if it is a Monday afternoon. Hopefully next time I'll be with you in person. See you soon. God bless you all.